0: Hello, and thank you for joining me today on Geezers of Gear, episode number 186. Today's episode is brought to you by ACT Entertainment. Are you a student thinking about a career in live entertainment or an educator with students who might be? ACT Entertainment and ACT Academy are proud to have partnered with MA Lighting International to offer the new Professionals Bundle to students and educators in North America. This new bundle puts the power of the M.A. Vizkey and ACT Academy's beginner learning path in your hands at a very special price just for you. Together, they can help you unlock your future of playback, programming, and design. Check out the new bundle and all of the other learning resources at ACT Academy today. Mm -hmm. Okay, here we are on Gears of Gear, episode number 186. And so thanks for joining me today. And uh, another great guest, actually a gentleman I don't know. So I'm looking forward to talking to him and learning a bit about him. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But first, of course, I want to talk about a couple of things. Um, So it is... February 14th today. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. And of course, the Super Bowl happened two days ago. Today is Tuesday. It happened on Sunday. And for those of you who are not in North America, you may not care, but the Super Bowl is uh, one of the largest sporting events in the world. I think it might be the largest single sporting event in the world. And um you know, it's just—it's a pretty big deal every year. It's just one of those things that uh, we get pretty excited about over here. It's a football game, but it's also an extravaganza. It's a huge event. Uh, all the stars come out, and, and uh, you know the—the the funny thing about the Super Bowl is <clears throat> not only is the halftime show really as big as the game, but the commercials are as big as the game. And so it's funny because. You know, for a sporting event, usually the commercials are really just a good time to go grab another beer, another slice of pizza or some more wings. But instead, people are actually glued to the television to watch these commercials. And there were some really good ones this year and a couple of uh, music based ones. One, uh, the one with Paul Stanley and Ozzy Osbourne where they're saying you can't call people in your workplace rock stars. You can't use that word. You know, you're they're not rock stars. They're just people who did a good job or whatever. We're rock stars. Like what did you do to become a rock star? It's pretty funny. It's a great commercial. If you if you google Paul Stanley rock star commercial, you'll probably find it on on YouTube or whatever. And then the other one is Dave Grohl, where he's talking about Canadian music and uh, and Canada in general. And it's a Crown Royal ad, I think, or some whiskey ad. I believe it's Crown Royal. Um, but another really good music-based uh, commercial. So, again, I mean, you can probably Google those. I'm sure they're all over YouTube and, and other platforms as well. Um, the uh, thoughts on the game. You know, I'd love to get messages, emails uh, whatever feedback from you on your thoughts on the game. I thought it had the possibility of being one of the better games that's happened at least in the last 15 or 20 years. Um, I was not a fan of the call at the end and I had no, what do you whatever you want to call it, dog in this hunt or horse in this race or whatever. Um, you know, for me, I didn't care who won. I just like to watch a good entertaining game. And I thought it was a great entertaining game. And then for an official with a couple of minutes left to not allow them to play the game out, calling what was arguably a penalty, you know, even the guy who did it said, yeah, it was definitely a penalty. Um, But they hadn't called that penalty through the whole game. Why would you call it with two minutes left? You know, when it had all of the makings of an epic finish, like it was going to be a huge finish, regardless of which team won, and it probably still would have been Kansas City. Um, But, you know, uh, bummer, bummer that it ended that way, bummer that it was a controversial call. Uh, You know, the officials, I think, have done a relatively miserable job overall this year. And, uh, you know, I know it's shocking that someone would complain about officials in a football game, but here I am. And so the game aside, what did you think of the halftime show? And again, it seems to be a very controversial topic because people are split on it. You know, of course, old school folks want to see the Rolling Stones and they want Prince brought back from the grave because Prince was the greatest show ever. And I happen to agree. I think Prince was an incredible, it's a hard one to beat, that halftime show. Uh, you know, I personally liked the Michael Jackson one, even though a lot of people didn't, Um the Stones were amazing. Paul McCartney was amazing. Uh, you know, I thought the Justin Timberlake thing with uh, Janet Jackson was amazing, even with the controversy on the wardrobe malfunction there that she had, which wasn't much of a malfunction at all. It was planned, obviously. Um You know, where did this one rate on all of those? I got to be honest, I'm not a Rihanna fan. I don't like her music. I don't really know her music. Of course, I've heard some of the songs, that work, 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 that one. I've heard that a billion times. I'm not a fan. Um, Do I think it was pretty awesome that a woman went on one of those decks that most of us would be scared to death to fly around on? And uh, she's, I don't know how pregnant, but she was obviously quite pregnant Um, you know, good honor. I mean, that's fantastic that she was able to go up there and perform the way she did on those flying decks. And, and, uh, uh, again, not my music, not my thing. Uh, You know, if it was Mick Jagger floating around on those decks, I would have thought it was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. But because it was Rihanna, meh, didn't do much for me. The guys in the marshmallow Michelin outfits, didn't do nothing for me. And guys, girls, I don't know what those people were, to be perfectly honest. I think, you know, it was all over the place, but um, I didn't get it. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, but moving on from the music and the actual performers, the show was incredible. Uh, You know, was it up there with the best ones ever? I don't know. Like, I I try not to rate them like that, because they're all different. You know, I thought the one last year was incredible. I didn't love the music in that one either, but I liked it better than this because I like the old school uh, rap stuff. It's pretty cool. But um, from a show standpoint, uh, you know, this was right up there. This was really, really good. Those floating decks from Tate uh, were incredible. The stage, I think it's All Access that did it. Incredible. Really good job. You know, I think people know by now how much time you're allowed to get that in and out it's, it's unreal, like how that all has to come together and, and then strike at the end and get off the field and the limitations that you have with what you do to the field and on the field and stuff, the field is, you know, sacred ground. So you can't mess with that. Um, so the stage was cool. The lighting was, was very cool. I think it was a, a shit ton of those, uh, new VL fixtures or not so new anymore, but the, I think they're called 3600s. There was hundreds of those. Um, You know, there was a lot of automation going on uh, from, uh, I forget the companies that were doing it, but I think it was PRG's uh, follow spot system, the, what's it called, ground support, Um, and then the other one, uh, the one from Europe, which name always escapes me, but um, really, really super cool, and uh, you know, just, I thought it was a very cool looking show. I thought the fireworks, of course, were incredible from Pyrotechnico, And, uh, yeah, so for me, you know, I give it uh, claps. I think it was very good. I I enjoyed it. Um, Again, not so much on the music, but for sure on the show. And so this week, I actually have three episodes I think I'm going to kick out. I've got this one today, and then I've got one on racing, believe it or not. We are actually going to get my son on a podcast, which I've been bugging him to do for a year, and he's finally going to do. And he's going to talk about his season this year in in Europe and what's going on over there and how that's all going to work out. Um, so I hope you'll listen to that one. But uh, more exciting for me is I have Fausto Orsati recording tomorrow. And um, Fausto, for those of you who know him, I don't have to tell you, but for those who don't know him, Fausto's been in our industry, I'm going to guess here, I think it's very close to 50 years. It's definitely 45 Uh uh how old is he? I'm trying to think of how old he is. At least 40, call it. And so um you know he started at Coomar when Coomar first got into I think even before their first moving lights. And so you know he's been an engineer and a very smart guy in our industry for a very long time. I'm really looking forward to having him on. Um and of course today I have a gentleman named Mick Williams who operates kind of a gigging employment agency, and he'll probably kill me for saying that because I think on his website, he says, we're not a gigging employment agency. We're more than that. Um, So we're going to learn about that today. His company's called Gig Life. I was intrigued. I thought uh, we should discuss this since, you know, we're always talking about gear. We're always talking about shortages of gear, how, you know, post-COVID, it's been a huge problem getting gear. But of course, the other possibly even bigger problem has been humans, you know, getting people uh, continuing to bring people in the industry and manage those people and get them on gigs and match people with gigs and stuff. So that's that's what he's doing. And uh, so I look forward to talking about it with a true bona fide expert for once. <laughs> so there you go. Welcome, Mick Williams. So welcome aboard here, Mick. And I've just learned that it's actually Mickey, right? It's Mickey. Yes, sir. It's Mickey. I've been calling you, Mick, through the uh, introduction that I just did. So I hope I didn't offend anyone, uh, but welcome and and uh, I'm I'm glad to have you on. You're you're one of the few people I've had on that I really had no knowledge of and didn't know prior to bringing them on. So I'm kind of looking forward to learning along with our audience, you know, about sort of your history and learning a lot about the labor market as well, which is a hot topic these days, obviously.
1: Sure, sure, absolutely
0: yeah I mean i th- I think you're either in exactly the perfect place uh, or you're a masochist. So I want to figure <laughs> out which it is by the end of this podcast all right yeah so you know first, i I know that you know by geezer standards, you're kind of young and uh, and so you've been in the business I think around ten or twelve years, right?
1: Yes, yes I've been it's about been about ten years. Um, I did my first gig in two thousand and twelve. So oh, okay. a little over 10 years, I should say. So going on 11 years now.
0: Yep. So how, why, what got you into this business?
1: Uh, it's actually um, family. Family is what got me into the business. Huh. Um, prior to that, you know, my background's really in corporate, corporate banking. I worked for a marketing and advertising company, um, owned a couple of my own businesses. Um, and it's uh, my parents, actually, uh, my stepdad more specifically, He's been in the business for quite some time. He used to work for an old amphitheater that's in Columbus, Ohio, okay. um, which is where I'm from. And he was working in ticket sales there. So he kind of knew the industry, uh, worked in the industry. He's an old radio DJ, um, you know, worked in Southeast Ohio. He's an old disc jockey. So, Fun. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how I got into it. He got into the labor business working for a, a company uh, back back in 2012, 13, 14, somewhere around there. Okay. Um And he basically uh, called me up one day and said, "Hey, I have this gig. It's it's a a, a Buckeye uh, Country Festival. You want to come work it with me?" Okay. So of course I'm like, "Sure." What are we doing? He's like, "I'll show you when we get there." And so that was my experience. You know, my first gig is a festival, and I'm there, and I'm working B stage, and I've got the easiest gig you've ever you could ever ask for. It was backline for B stage. Oh wow. and so that that was kind of when I fell in love with 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 live events. And, and, I, and been, what
0: was your father in law's company called? It's Show Pros. Oh, okay. And it, does Four he pros. still do it?
1: Yeah, yeah, they're still in business. Um, I actually just left there at the end of last year, and then I started my own company in January. So gig life is is relatively young. You know, we just opened up in January of this year. Um, of this so year I,
0: or last year? This year of
1: this year of this year. Oh,
0: you're you're brand new. You're like a month old. Yeah, so my company is, yes,
1: absolutely. Wow.
0: So yeah. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> that's wild. So has yes, that created, sure. uh, is there something going on in your family now? Like, is is that problematic? Because you're doing basically the same thing, right?
1: I wouldn't say it's problematic. Um, you know, things just were not working out between uh, the three of us, my parents and I. And yeah. I just decided it was time for me to go on on my own and kind oh, of do things cool. the that I, I wanted to do things.
0: That's cool. And obviously right now in the labor market, it's, it's big enough that, uh, you know, competition is welcome. I guess you would say.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Wow. So, so you're in Columbus and they're also in Columbus.
1: Uh, their company started in Columbus. Uh, they do have an office in Columbus as well. Um, and but they're in Florida as well.
0: Oh, okay, cool. Good. Interesting. So the company's brand new. So, um, you know, do you have some built-in clients just from having been in the business 10 years and taking really good care of people, or do you have to go out prospecting for clients now?
1: A little bit of both, a little bit of both. Um, you know, obviously I needed to let people know that I was uh, in business for myself. Um, I actually just did my first gig this past week. Uh, it was a corporate gig, which is my, my, my main background is in corporate audiovisual. Okay. Um, and that's when I started, that's mainly what I did. And then, uh, you know, after the shutdowns and COVID, we got more into rock and roll and the festivals and fairs. So it's kind of been full circle. Now I'm getting back into the corporate audio visual, which is as where, you know, I started and, right. and we had a gig last week.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh congratulations and, and good you. luck to you on that. Obviously. I, I think, uh, You know, it's a great time, obviously, to start in that business because there's just a huge need, uh, all circles. Like, I mean, you know, festivals need more people and companies that supply festivals with people need more people, Uh, you know, and, and so you're kind of like a marketplace. I mean, you're not totally dissimilar to what I do with GearSource, which is sort of connect people who need stuff with people who have stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. so you're a marketplace for talent, uh, in a sense, or for, for crew people.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: And so is the bigger problem for you. So, um, by the way, we could have a separate conversation offline about this because I have a huge amount of experience in it, 20 years, uh, in marketplace experience, but, um, every marketplace has something that's called the cold start problem, which is usually, which is, it, it's compared to like a chicken and egg problem, basically. So um, you either have customers and you need product or you have product and you need customers. Sure. And um, so which is a bigger problem for you? Is it the crew uh, the or latter. the need for crew?
1: Uh, I have the need for for uh, customers at the moment. I've got plenty of crew. Okay. So, just a little bit of history on my experience as a crew chief and a labor coordinator and, and managing shows. Last year, I did over 200 shows uh, by myself. Oh, Managed over. Or I, I recruited, hired, and coordinated over a thousand new hires. Wow! I, when I left Show Pros, we had about 1,500 people active in our payroll, and before I started, there was maybe uh, 100. So you know, I've grown quite a bit. I've done everything from arena shows to festivals to uh, helping out with the Van Gogh experience. Um, so my 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 experience with managing labor and, and managing labor and coordinating labor is 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 vast. I mean, I can do it. I, I know that I have the experience. It's really just letting people know that I'm out there because I've got a uh, a labor pool of over three thousand people across the country. Yeah. Uh, so that's just where I'm at. I mean, I've got plenty of labor. I know the players. I just need to plug them in.
0: Yeah. And so just so I understand how this works, with a company like yours, if I am putting on a festival or I'm a sound company or whatever it is and I need to hire labor, am I paying you or am I paying the people directly?
1: Uh, preferably if it, 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 the way that I do it is through me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the reason why is so I can put them on W four, so I can pay them, take their taxes out properly, whichever state I'm in, making sure that I'm taking out their taxes properly. Yeah. Um, also the insurance part, you know, making sure they're properly insured, making sure they have workers comp, protecting the employees. Yeah. A lot more like the union. Um, you know, that's the way we would do it. I don't really uh, do the 1099 contractor stuff uh, very rarely. Okay. But most of the people that I hire are going to be, uh, you know, W two employees. Oh wow.
0: So, and that's I think that
1: helps with both with both sides because it helps protect the worker because right now that's one of the the things that we're seeing in the industry is that the workers are starting to have a lot more pull in the industry. They're demanding more money. yeah uh, they're demanding more protection. They're, they're they have the upper hand, I think. I've noticed the swing mm-hmm. um, and and a lot of the, the the movers and shakers in the industry are, are slowly coming around to that that you know they they got to pay a little bit more. Uh, the 1099 people across the country and having shows in 40 different states and uh, stuff's in the past. It's going to be in the past. I mean, people are going to get start getting in trouble for that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, they really need to be careful when they are 1099. Uh, you know, thousands of contractors across the country. It gets pretty messy. So yeah, I've, I've stopped doing all that. Um, it's 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 by the books, legitimate. And the reason I do this is because I grew up as you know, I I started at the bottom in this industry. Working as a stagehand, yeah, they're in the trenches building stages, and I see these people struggle that love this industry. Okay, but it's a tough industry to survive in unless you become specialized and you continue to network and progress. It, it, it's a tough, and you know this, yeah. Um, so that's kind of where well, I'm when at. It's it, good,
0: it's good, but when it's not, it's really bad. True, you true, know, like true. I, okay. I literally, you know, talked some people down off the bridge during COVID um you know people who hadn't seen a paycheck in 12 months you know yeah. uh yeah. that's difficult
1: Yeah. it was rough it was really rough and we did like you said you know we lost a lot of good people um and that was one of the challenges that i faced when i came back from covid was okay now i need to hire and i and then i was it was like starting over it really yeah. was i mean all the old lists i had were were just they were bad i had to basically build a whole new roster Locally, where I'm based, and and then we grew nationwide. Yeah, um, so I went from working regionally, four or five states, to over 26 states in one year. Jeez. And that's the explosive growth that the industry is seeing, and there's a lot of labor companies like me that are seeing the
0: same kind of growth. Mm-hmm. So when you say you're paying people on W-2s, are you paying full-time salaries to people, whether or not they work?
1: Not necessarily. It's more like... Um, they're just, they, they get their taxes taken out.
0: So it's an um, hourly W-2 still. Yeah, it's an hourly yeah. W-2. Exactly. I see. Yeah. Yeah. So, you're not, so, so yeah. you're not putting them on X salary, whether or not they work during those times. And sometimes you make out and sometimes they make out. It's, they're still booking hours. Yeah, it's
1: still booked by the hour. But the, the thing is, is that me as, uh, if I'm telling people where they need to be, what time to be there, when to take a break, when to eat. Yeah they're no longer a contractor. Right. So legally I need to take taxes out and I need to make sure that I'm providing them with those you know basic benefits.
0: Yeah, you can get in trouble when you're when you're basically having employees but you're paying them on 1099s for long yeah. periods of time. Uh, yeah. you can certainly get in a bit of trouble with that. Yep. Wow. So um so you said the, the, you need more customers. And so that's probably where most of your focus is, is going out to a lot of those, you know, uh, whether, whether it's a tour or it's a, whatever it is, uh, and, and saying, Hey, here I am.
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah. And I'm telling you, know, prospecting is my main goal right now. Um, yeah. got a lot of good stuff in the works. Um, I think this is going to be a good year. Um, uh, you know, typically in the Midwest, it's a little slow right now. So March, April, things will really pick up. Yeah. Um, uh, I think they will, will, you know, it, it's been, it's been a little, uh, lately the last couple of years, there's been a lot of last minute bookings, you yeah. know, and because labor has been in short supply. Yeah. So, so people are finding that their labor resources will, you know, they either book too late or they might fall through or. You know their their shows fall a little short sometimes, and, yeah. and that's where I'll pick up some of the slack and bring in some people.
0: Yeah, I have a I have a friend down here in Florida who has a uh, who has a labor company, and I saw him last week at an event, and we were talking, and I said, "You must be killing it," and he goes, "Man, it's so hard right now. You have no idea because." you know, he's struggling to get people, then half the time, the people he gets are a little bit flaky, and they don't show up on time, or they show up stoned, or they show up, you know, whatever, or they, you know, they're klutzes, and they fall and hurt themselves or drop something or whatever, you know, just all kinds of different problems that he's having in the past 18, 24 months that he didn't have prior to that, for the most part, right? So, and I think a lot of that comes from just bringing new people into the industry, right? Like trying to expand your labor pool, um, which doesn't sound like it's that much of a problem for you. Like, it sounds like you've got access to great people. Uh, It's just more on the other side. But, you know, if and when that is a problem, like when you are short on people or when you see a problem coming or something like COVID where a lot of people left the industry, do you have some way of bringing in new people and training them and making sure that they're, you know, safe and, and uh, not going to injure somebody else on the job or screw something up. Like h- how are you dealing with all that stuff?
1: Well, you know, it depends on the event. I mean, when you're talking, um, corporate versus rock and roll, you know, you're talking two different animals there. Um, it's, so I could touch quickly on the corporate stuff. Where I'm finding most success on the corporate stuff is just traditional um, labor recruiting, you know, using things like the uh, online job job postings, job boards. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Just good old-fashioned resumes and sourcing text that way. Uh, But the media schools are good too. You know, you have like Full Sail, um, Ohio Media School. The media schools, they're really good. Uh, a lot of the, the students that go through those, those, they want to be, you know, producers and they want to work in, um, you know, in television and broadcast and stuff like that. Well, what they don't know is there's this whole other industry of audiovisual, then they make pretty good money. So yeah. they, you know, companies like Encore and, and Source they need audiovisual text. And so I, I, I've been uh, communicating a lot with these schools saying, Hey, you know, Bring some of your students in. Let's train them through the audiovisual uh, gigs that we get. And then, yeah. you know, we opened our eyes to a whole nother source of, of, of income for them. That Hey, if, if broadcast doesn't work out or if, you know, I can't get a job working for this TV, you know, sports uh, for Fox News or something. Yeah. I'm going to fall back on on that side. Now, as far as the staging stuff goes. Well, sorry
0: to interrupt. Ahead. But the other thing that's really important about what you just said is, is, you know, people come out of school and they want to start at the top of the food chain or whatever, and yeah. I get it. You know, their their eyes are huge. You know, they're they're uh, they're like, oh, I'm going to go work for ESPN. Um, right. The problem is, you know, you got to kind of take some baby steps to get up there. But one of the great things about coming in and and doing assorted shows through a labor company like yours, or or even you know through a company who just does different shows or whatever, um. Is you build your network and, and you, you, you're not only learning, but you're proving yourself to some people. And then, you know, later on they go, Oh, I remember that kid. He worked for me on a, you know, whatever show and he did a really good job. And I remember he said this thing that really, you know, turned me on to that kid. So I'll take him on any of my shows. That kind of stuff is gold. Like that's the value that you, those are the checks you can cash later in your career. Right. Yep. So. Yeah, but that's,
1: that's that's what I'm trying to do. You know, is, is I value the people that are, that are working for me, you know, people that I'm working with, and help help build them up and help them be successful in this business yeah. because it's not about the numbers to me. Yeah, if they can be successful and they can make a career out of this, and they can get to where they want to be, and I can help with that. That means more to me than just absolutely. A bunch of yeah, to stages together.
0: Yeah, no, I I completely agree with you. That's that's all there is to it. Like I mean. You know, I, I started in this industry and, and have worked in it for a very long time, trying really hard every step of the way to take care of people and do the right things and work harder than the people around me and stuff. And that gets you... You become memorable at some point, whether you're remembered for good or bad things. I don't know. But, you know, you become memorable. And then, you know, when you try to get somebody on the phone, it's easier to get them on the phone or you try to get a gig. It's easier to get that gig. You jump to the front of the line because you've done something remarkable in the past or whatever. Right. Right. So. Yeah. So, I mean. Uh, You know, tell me, give me some sort of education on on the the business, because I I really don't know very much about the labor market. Like I know that we're constantly dealing with supply chain issues and stuff when it comes to gear. And my focus has primarily been on gear while, you know, every time I do one of these podcasts, I'll ask whether it's a lighting designer or an audio engineer or someone who owns a, a touring company or whatever it is. I'll say, you know, is it gear or people? What's your bigger problem right now? And, you know, they really have to think about it because the answer is both. Um, right. but you know, I think they're sort of neck and neck, right?
1: Yeah, they are. I mean, you know, I don't really deal a whole lot with the gear side. Yeah. Um, I haven't really been on, on that side of the the business. It's I've primarily been in, in labor, Yeah. Um, I've worked for some, some companies and helped them with their inventory, you know, lo- loading, unloading trucks, warehouse stuff, mm-hmm. got familiar with their gear. Now, as far as the, you know, the, that part of it, I really don't know a whole lot about yeah. it. Uh, the labor. I mean, it, it's a tough situation to be in because, you know, labor's at a premium. It really is. And I think that people are finding that out. And so all I can say is that, um, it's just, it's not cheap anymore. Yeah people are starting to realize that. And it's because the laborers have the upper hand because they know that they can demand more money. Um, and so it's kind of like, you got in my opinion at this point is that you pay for what you get.
0: It's I mean, of- where are we at now as far as like, you know, a, a typical stage hand, what are they making a day or whatever?
1: I would say 25 to 30 an hour. Yeah. Is the I think that most people are shooting for about $30 an hour.
0: Yeah,
1: which I mean, is to about half of that, right? Yeah. I mean, it used to prior to COVID, you're looking at 17 to 22. Yeah. an hour. Yeah, now we're paying anywhere from 25 to 30 an hour. Yeah, consistently So it's, it's gone up quite a bit.
0: And who absorbs th- that additional cost? Is it the is it the client? Is it the I mean, is it the end consumer?
1: That's a good question. I think that um, I know, but for me, it's it's a little bit of both. Um, some of the clients were able to get them to, you know, negotiate higher rates to to cover some of those costs because, you know, that's everything's gone up. Yeah, you know, fuel, uh, everything in general, just with inflation in general. Um, and, but a lot of it has been us uh, assuming those costs just because we want to continue doing business. Yeah. So it's kind of a mix. You got companies that are still paying kind of similar, you know, rates to what they paid prior to COVID. Um, and then there's companies that are realizing that they can't continue to do that if they want to continue to get quality labor. Yeah. And that's really what the problem is. Because when I go out there and tell people, well, the job's only going to pay $18, 19 $20 an hour, that really limits the quality of labor that I'm going to get, Yeah, which is really going to reflect on the show. And it just, in my opinion, it's, 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 a, it's a headache, it's a hassle. And if you want to run a, a a true quality professional production, yeah, then- get rid of that. And then, you know, just pay people a decent wage and it all comes.
0: It's very cliche, but you do get what you pay for, you know, you pay peanuts, you get monkeys or however that goes. But, um, you know, and I would think like one of the things for corporate shows, you don't want guys showing up with, you know, a a Harley Davidson t-shirt and the crack of their ass hanging out of their jeans or whatever. Right. Like you want nice show blacks and nice and clean and their hair tucked back behind their head or whatever. Right. The corporate client's going to see those people.
1: Exactly. And I was going to say, it's not our clients, it's their clients. Yeah. Or it's the venue. They have the rules, you know, no piercings, no, you know, they don't want- you know, Really? That's still a thing. Things. It really is. I ran into a problem at a hotel and there was a, a facial piercings was a thing. Hmm. And to me, that was, you know, it was asinine. I'm like, really? This is, you know, 2022. It's like, but it's still a thing. And it's unfortunate, but it is what it is.
0: I mean, I could see Disney or something, but I—that I, surprises me that uh, that that would be an issue still. Yeah, I won't mention the hotel, but yes, it was a hotel, and it yeah. was in their,
1: their little rules, you know. That's interesting.
0: For- and they actually yeah. said something about it too.
1: Yes, they did. Wow. They did. Now we since then, you know, you know, everything's good now. We 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 worked through it, but yeah, a guy, a guy sent home for facial facial piercings, and I I was like, Damn. really really that surprises
0: <laughs> like, the hell you know, of me.
1: hard i work to provide quality <laughs> labor for you guys and this guy's a great tech i mean he's yeah. amazing and he has a nose piercing and a lip piercing and you're gonna send him home
0: yeah so. i mean uh, that's uh you know again maybe in 1985 or something but right. you know like i i don't know it can't still be the same but i remember disney employees um couldn't have hair past their shoulders and i doubt it's still the same today but like even lighting designers sound engineers talent you know men couldn't have their hair past their shoulders and they couldn't have earrings and in their ears i'm not even talking about facial (laughs) you know i'm just saying an earring in your ear you couldn't have um i'm again i'm sure that rule has changed you know uh, with it's becoming a lot
1: more yeah a lot more accepting let's just put it that way you know, there's, there's a lot more crossover now between, you know, festival people, um, you know, uh, tour people and corporate AV. There's a lot more, in my opinion. I don't know. It might have always been this way. I don't know. But, you know, a lot of the people that I employ, they can do it all. Yeah. They can, they can run a corporate breakout room, but they can also go, you know, climb a stage if they need yeah. to. They will. They're willing to do it. These people are cross-trained in a lot of different aspects of the business, which is pretty cool.
0: Yeah. You're not union, are you? I am not. I mean, no. I'm on the,
1: the 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 call list for my local 12 in Columbus, but I I, I never did really go to union because I've been working for my family's business and yeah. just felt it really wasn't the right thing to do to be union and run a private company. Mm. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yep. So uh, yeah, COVID had to have changed things in a big way. Like first of all, you know, you were working for your family business, were you guys pretty much shut down during COVID? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like completely uh, we, shut down? Yes.
1: Yeah, we were working. I remember I was just talking to my girlfriend about this earlier today, but it was March 7th, 2020. I was setting up for the Arnold Expo in Columbus, Ohio, which is the, the bodybuilding competition Yeah, for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, And that's the day that we got the call that the event that we were setting up for, which was a cheerleading competition, was canceled. Hmm. So we had just done, we had just finished setting up the load in and two days later we came in, we loaded it out, didn't even have an event. But that was the first major event across the country, if anyone remembers, that started the domino effect of everything else canceling.
0: Hmm.
1: It was, and so over the next week or two, I'm sitting there with my with my family and we're just watching the news. This event's canceled, that event's canceled, Facebook, social media, and we're like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Yeah. And at that point, you know, we were just starting to take off. We had just decided to take the company national because prior to COVID, we were really just a regional player based out of Ohio, a little bit of regional work, stuff in the Midwest. Yeah. And then, so it was, uh, 2018 or 19, we decided we were going to go national. So we had just started to put a national footprint out there. So it really, it, it sucked. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. It, it hit us hard. And for over a year, we were just dead
0: in the water. So, you guys didn't try and pivot and do labor for hospitals or something? Like,
1: no, no. I mean, I, I I'm, yeah, no. It, I, I ended up getting a job and just fighting yeah. through it. And, uh, you know, luckily my mom was a retired teacher. So, she had some income. She was able to support herself. Um yeah. So, you know, wow. it, it, yeah, but the best, it, it was, it was, it was awful, but it was a blessing because after. Things opened back up after COVID, things went gangbusters, and we've since then grown the company uh, t- tremendously, yeah. way better than you ever imagined. And it wow. it's still growing. It Allow me to gain so much more experience and understanding and able to open my own business yeah. so I can continue to grow myself.
0: That's that's awesome. So during covid did you also have like your your um stack of of hirees the people that would work for you were they coming to you going please help me you know i need a gig i need a gig like there that. There, there
1: were i mean yeah there were people that were i mean they were hurting you know it, yeah. it, was, a, it was a rough time for all of us i know a lot of people went out and started DoorDash in and yeah. green and just anything they could to make ends yeah, meet. Yeah, that was
0: the only good news is is because everybody became remote and, and stayed at home and stuff, it opened up a lot of Amazon jobs and DoorDash and, and all that. And, and, you know, I guess for a laborer who's used to making 17, 18 bucks an hour, that's probably reasonable money to go do those things. And in some cases, I know guys who, you know, worked for staging companies and left and went to Amazon and never came back because they're making more money. It's a cleaner job. They've got benefits. It's full time. They don't have to hustle for work, you know. So um, I get it, right? Yeah. But it's, yeah, I know. Yeah. You, you probably don't know uh, a young lady named Suna Ruthier. Uh, she's a lighting designer who she's done uh, Kiss and Coldplay and The Muse and lots of lots of big acts. Really one of the most talented lighting designers out there. Um, but I was talking with Sooner about it, and she said one of the problems in our industry is that people think we're a bunch of carnies. You know, they they think that it's just for fun, right? And they don't realize that you can come into this industry, make seventy five to one hundred thousand dollars fairly quickly, and stay in the industry all the way into your sixties or seventies and do very well. It's a really good gig and you can see the world on the touring side of it specifically, but you you can see the world and do things that you never would have done had you not joined the industry. And she said, so it's not just training, it's also education. So it's going out to those schools like you talked about and and saying, Hey, you know, here's an opportunity. I know y'all want to be movie directors and producers and stuff, but here's an opportunity to stick your toe in the water And get on some of these shows and get close to this gear and get close to the people that will make a difference in your life right absolutely so education education is a big thing and i you know through the the impact that COVID's had where everybody ended up short on people i know a lot of regional like touring companies lighting companies sound companies av companies who have had sort of like uh job fairs and where they bring people in and They have classes like you'll go through a couple of these different classes where you can see how things are done or learn about learn about audio, learn about lighting, learn about staging. And then at the end, they go, okay, which discipline would you be interested in joining into? You know, oh, I want to get into staging. That looks fun. Um, You know, so I mean, to me, the whole education thing is a pretty important aspect of making sure that our business stays healthy. We have to constantly be churning new people in. Uh, as people are uh, either aging out of it or just joining different industries or whatever.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with that. And that's something that that really is something that I I stand behind and I want to get more involved with that. Uh, Coming up with ideas on how to do that is a challenge. Uh, One of the ideas I have though, as far as training new people and what I, what I try to do for myself is like if I'm doing arena shows, or if I'm doing like rock and roll and stuff, you know, this goes along with touring and stuff. Cause this leads right into it. Right. Yeah. I think a good way, a good way for stage hands to get started in general is in arena show is a perfect place for people to get started. I know that sounds crazy, but you know, when you've got a hundred people working there, you start people low, you start them as pushers. Okay. You got to start them in there. Don't, you know, maybe put them on the carp team, have them build a stage, Hire more people that are experienced and not, and bring people in that way. So arena shows, in my opinion, are perfect ways to get people in the door and to get to get a good understanding of how a show goes from start to finish.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And as far as corporate work, the what I try to do is is I try to get people into the hotels as just a general set strike tech. Mm -hmm. Find shows that have maybe a half a dozen you know, 8, 10, 12 set strike techs, maybe setting up a big general session, some breakout rooms and get them in that way. Obviously have more experienced hands there to help them do the on-site training for me. So I'm one person. I can't really do a whole lot when it comes to, yeah. you know, and I'm shows at a time. Um, so, you know, working with companies like Encore with, you know, they've got so many hotels. If you have, if you work with Encore, that's a great place to get audiovisual people trained is, and then through their venues, build relationships with them and say, Hey, you know, one day, why don't we set a couple of days aside and just go over some basic audiovisual stuff. Yeah. Even the arenas and stuff, we should be doing trainings at the at the arenas uh, and, and having some of those hands-on training. We should be doing that. Absolutely. I mean,
0: there's definitely some liability issues when it comes to some of those things, of course, like yeah. you put, you know, you got an arena show going in. It's pretty hectic. There's a lot of people moving pretty quickly and stuff. And, some green people can certainly get in the way real quickly and accidents happen and stuff. But like, I, I've thought of ideas like, you know, even just basic, simple job fairs, like putting ads in, in local papers saying, Hey, there's a job fair. Do you want to join the entertainment business and get involved at the ground level and make up to $50,000 a year in your first year or whatever, um, free, uh, you know, the first 50 people are free or something like that for this job fair. And you have 75, 80, 100 people show up and you really just go through, hey, you know, here's a slideshow. Here's, these are some of the things we do. Here's what it looks like. Here's what the job looks like, blah, blah, blah. Sign up here. And if nothing else, you got new people on your, you know, call sheets or whatever, right? And and probably out of the, you know, 50 people who show up, 15 people or 20 people sign up. And out of those 20, probably like three or four or five may stick it out and, and actually say, Hey, you got anything for me? Hey, you got anything for me? And eventually yeah. they turn into something, but that'd be one way to do it. You know, another thing would be to, to pair up with the schools and actually yeah. go to the school and say, Hey, I want to come in and do a, uh, a speaking, uh, thing for, you know, people that haven't decided what they want to do with their life or whatever, but yet they're ready to graduate. Um, you know, can I come in and speak to these classes or these types of people or whatever it is?
1: Yeah, and, and that, that, that's what I'm going to do. And that's what I plan on doing. Yeah, um, I know it's hard school. when you're small. <laughs> you yeah, know? and it, it, the biggest problem is that we're all so busy. Yeah. You know, especially, you know, post-COVID, it's been just, just balls to the walls. It yeah. really has been because there's so much work and everyone is so busy and it's just finding the time to do this stuff, Yeah, you know, and putting the time, you know, the time well, the, and effort in. The
0: the salesman in me, and I've been a sales guy my whole entire career, basically, I'm an entrepreneur, but I've always been a sales guy. Um, but the sales guy in me tells me, stop prospecting and you'll have nothing but free time in the future because <laughs> you won't have yeah. any shows, right? So mm-hmm. you should always be prospecting. You should always be trying to fill those those lists with people and stuff and you know whether it's a half hour a day or a 2 hours a week or whatever it is but you know figure out a way to to schedule time to do those things because you have to constantly be refreshing your your lead list or whatever, right? It's yep. it's super super important. Um there was something else I wanted to say and I forgot while you were talking and I didn't want to interrupt. Uh yeah. But yeah. Oh, what about, um, you know, and it's not my greatest topic or anything, because I think it happens naturally. But what about diversity? Like, are you looking, have you done anything with um, either trying to promote for young women or um, people of color or, uh, you know, any other groups sort of to to help add more diversity to, uh, you know, your your list?
1: have I done anything specific to do that? No. But do I hire equally? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, to me that none of that's ever been an issue. It never will be. Um, we hire, if you are willing to, you know, work and, and you're, you know, you, you have the qualifications, you know, or you're the experience, depending on what you're doing, you know, we'll let anyone that wants to do this, try this. Yeah. We are they at in the industry, they always like to say, you know, like we're, you know, we're we're a second chance business. You know, we'll give anyone a chance to prove themselves, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's 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 no, you know, there's no. Um,
0: yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. that might be another another way to bring in more people is is you know again going back to that job fair thing. Go out and post ads, you know, in inner city neighborhoods and stuff where. You know, people don't have a lot of opportunities or they don't think they have a lot of opportunities and say, Hey, you have just as much opportunity as the guy who lives over there across the street in the nice neighborhood. You know, come come try this. You know, this might be a great career for you.
1: Uh, and that's a great idea. That yeah. definitely is. You know?
0: Yeah. I won't charge you for that one, Mickey. <laughs> no, that's a freebie. You know, but as they get better, as my ideas get better, I'm going to have to start charging you. That's, that's where the business guy in me. Yeah. I'd, in. I'd
1: like to see, I'd like to see labor providers be treated more than just the numbers people. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because your ideas are all good and grand. A lot of the, a lot of my clients, and I'm not speaking badly about it. It's just, they, they, they think that, you know, it's just, it's, it's, if I want to do those kinds of things and provide that kind of quality of service as a temporary labor labor provider.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's it's good for the for the for the corporate side. But in the staging world, a lot of it's just a numbers game, especially for a lot of companies. It's just a numbers game. Yeah. And I don't necessarily want it to be that way because I really, truly want to hire the best possible people I can. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, these these ideas are great. And it's when just you, figuring when out you say a numbers place.
0: game, do you mean like they want the lowest price?
1: Well, not necessarily. I mean, a numbers game, like I need 250 people for a stadium build. Yeah. You get them wherever
0: you get them. Yeah.
1: Both of wherever you can. So yeah. it's like, you know, we do we we do our best to make yeah. it work.
0: Mm-hmm. So no, I, I get it. I get it. I, you know, and again, I don't know. I don't know your business. So I'm just I'm throwing ideas out there that just uh, pop into my head and say, hey, let's go grow this thing. Um, You know, what's so other than just the the crazy amount of demand Uh, and maybe, um, you know, some of the attrition that's happened in, in the labor market or whatever, what are some things that have really changed since COVID?
1: What are some things that really changed? Yeah. Um, like I mentioned before, I think, I think the biggest change that I have seen, um, is, is the fact that the labor has an upper hand now that they are demanding more, um, demanding more money. They're demanding more uh, as far
0: as benefits. Um, but
1: that should make really your job
0: thing. harder, right? Because across the board, it's changed. Like whether somebody's getting those labor people directly or they're getting them through you, the price has gone up.
1: Yeah, the price has gone up. They're demanding better, um, you know, higher minimums. Mm-hmm. When I first started, it was a four-hour minimum. Mm-hmm. Well, now the, the, it's pretty much standard is a five-hour minimum. So you got five and 10-hour work minimums. Yeah, They're demanding overtime. They're demanding overtime after midnight. Just, just the demands from the labor perspective has changed a lot. Yeah, people are not as willing to work for a lot of the things that they worked for prior to COVID. Which, yes, makes my job a challenge. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Sure. Huh.
1: And then I've got a lot of clients that aren't willing to necessarily meet those demands, and so that affects my ability to provide them with quality labor.
0: Right. Yeah. So when a client comes to you, are they basically dictating the price too? Like, are they saying we need 100 people at X dollars?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's all negotiable. So, you know, I have my my standard, my general rates, but if they're saying this is what we're willing to pay, mm. okay, well, I've got to figure out how I can pay X amount based on what they're paying me and make it all work so that I can keep myself in business yeah. and make a profit make yeah. a living.
0: Yeah. So. Uh, interesting. I mean, it sounds like a really interesting, but difficult business. I mean, every business, I guess, from the outside looks like, Hey, Mickey's just taking money out of these guys' pockets. He's not doing any work. But at the end of the day, it sounds like your job's really tough, actually. And, um, you know, you have to, you have to make two sales for every sale, because first of all, you got to sell the laborer on coming to work with you. And then you right. got to sell the, the buyer on buying those laborers from you. And then you got to do all the background stuff with collecting and paying out the taxes and all the regulatory stuff and insurances. Are you doing health insurance too, or uh, when you say insurance, is it liability insurance?
1: It was just liability for now. Health insurance will come. And yeah, I, I have to get to that point. But that that is a, a something we would like to offer is is health insurance. It's for more challenging,
0: K-O. obviously, when it's not full time people. Yeah. But uh, I know there's systems out there that work. But uh, Yeah, it's amazing to me that health insurance isn't more important. Like, you know, whenever we've given people the option to either be an employee and have taxes taken out a 2 or being a 1099, a lot of times they take the 1099 approach because they're either shorting the government on taxes or something. But even that's changing, you know, like internationally, I know that's become a big issue lately where, you know, we used to, if we had contractors who worked for us in other countries... We paid them and, you know, they're responsible for their own taxes, right? But now what's happened is governments are forcing you to have them sign a form that's similar to a 1099 where their government basically gets a, uh, you know, gets a notice saying, hey, this person's being paid by a foreign entity and they're not paying taxes. So, um, you know, darn government always figures it out sooner or later, right? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And I think the biggest thing is that, and you're right, you mentioned that, you know, people feel like labor providers might just be, you know, trying to take advantage of the laborers, but I don't see it that way. I see it as myself is, is much, much like the union. Um, my job is to just be a liaison between the labor and the uh, production company or the, the producer or whatever. Um, Cause it's necessary. I mean, if you're going, if you're a, a tour, for example, and you're going all across the country, I mean, just the amount of time and effort it would take to hire people in all these different local markets. Um, and let's face it, not everybody wants to use the union. It's just what it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been that way for as long as I've been in the business. I'm sure it's been that way yeah. since the beginning. But mm-hmm. um, it, it, my eyes, it's it's about taking care of the laborer first and foremost, because if we don't take care of the laborer, they're not going to take, you know, who's going to put your show together? Yeah. At the end of the day, and that's where my job, I feel like my job and responsibility is to to provide as much value for the laborer so that they can then provide value to the clients. Yeah. It's that, it's that yeah. Simple. I mean, I,
0: obviously if you keep your people happy, uh, they're going to keep your clients happy and, and everybody wins at that point. Do you have any uh, intentions or desires or thoughts to expand into like more specialized labor?
1: As far as like, uh, whether
0: it's lighting operators, video directors, f- audio engineers
1: i've I've had ideas on that and in fact on the on the audio visual side we do provide operators okay so we we do provide all that um i thought about maybe getting into more specialized like head hunting Mm -hmm. if a company's looking for something specific for a tour i can use my network to maybe find them a lighting designer or Mm -hmm. a a head audio engineer or something like that Mm -hmm. Uh, i thought about maybe doing that on a contractual basis um but we already do. We do provide specialists. Um, oh, okay. if, if,
0: so we do that. Cool. Interesting. Yep. Well, no, I mean, it sounds, sounds like a great business. It sounds like a lot of work. And, uh, I mean, I knew it was, but I, I didn't really know that much about it. So, uh, have I missed and missed anything that, uh, that we should be sharing here or should be talking about? I think we pretty much covered it. Yeah, um, I mean, it sounds like it. It sounds like, uh, it sounds like you're on to something really good. And, and uh, I didn't realize your business was only a month old. Uh, even though you've been in the industry for 10 years, um, you obviously know what you're doing. So, you know, to go out and start your own business, like your site didn't look brand new to me. It looked like you, you kind of have been in business a while and, and know your shit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, best of luck to you.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate your time and I appreciate being on your show.
0: Yeah, no. And and uh, I, you know, keep in touch, you know, keep me updated with what's going on. If I can ever help with anything, you know, I've got a pretty big network of people as well. Um, So how do people get in touch with you if if either a they're looking for labor or b they're looking to join the industry or become a laborer?
1: Just go to my website, giglifellc.com. You can contact me if you're looking for labor. And if you want to get on the roster to work with us, then there is also a link as well. So just uh, so you just out fill out a
0: form and that gets yeah, you fill started. out of
1: form. Yep. You put your city, your state you live in, your email, phone number, and your specialties. And if we get something around your way, we'll give you a call.
0: Very cool. Well, I appreciate you and uh, best of luck in your new business. And right. uh like I said, keep in touch.
1: All right, appreciate All right, you, man. Have man. Good day. Bye. Thanks. Bye.